Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com. Check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an awesome talk, and it is a roundtable discussion we had at lunch at the NSCA National Convention in Las Vegas, Nevada this past week. Sitting down with us, we've got Buddy Morris, Brett Bartholomew, Kenan Robinson, Cal Dietz, Dr. Brian Mann, and Anthony Paroli. And guys, we're just rapping about training and everything about it. It's about an hour, and it's just absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, the audio quality for this one, you may need to turn up just a tad. and know there's going to be some background noise because we took this in a restaurant, but this was this is raw and uncut. This is just people sharing, open and honest. Guys, it's killer. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Hey, yo, thanks for everybody stopping by. We're gonna get Buddy mid story right now, rolling in. I take, I take first. I take a. There's like 140 athletes from around the world. Right, the Olympic Yeah. And here's my wife at 58. Dan grabs one of the guys and says, "Just warm her up." So she's in the midst of warm up with all these Olympic athletes. And I'm like, Dan, don't encourage this. I brought it, you know. <laughs> so we get her all warmed up. First thing he does, takes her to the pole vault pit, puts a pole in her hand after getting her warmed up and doing some basic instruction. Puts up, you know, the rubber crossbar. It's like at four feet. My wife goes over. You know, it's really basically a jump on a pole. Yeah. It's like going over a wall. Right. So she's not going feet first. And then she goes five feet. Then she goes six feet. And he just says, my wife is fearless. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be. Don't encourage that. It's not the way it's supposed to So Steve Lewis comes walking over. He's obviously Great Britain's whole walk champ. And I had met Steve in a previous visit. And I just started exchanging ideas and talking to Steve. And... Next thing I know, I'm hiring Steve to coach my wife, which for me was twofold. I satisfied her bucket list, so I brought her off my ass. Yeah. Second of all, it allowed me to talk to Steve, who's been involved in Dan's program the longest, and see how Steve wrote programs from his interpretation and what he's learned from Dan, to allow me to steal and run. Yeah. Basically for $70. Win-win. Yeah, it was a win-win for yeah. me. And plus, Dan has always welcomed us over uh, to go over and watch. And like I said, he's the greatest observations and problem solver I've ever been around. Yeah, and I was fortunate enough when Charlie was alive to develop a great relationship with Charlie. But they're two of the most influential people out that and of course Louis Simmons. But like I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. You gotta look what they do in their environment. It's lead track and field. So when I talk to him and I know he's primarily hockey, I have to take all that and now look at my athletes, my environment, my circumstances. The thing that kills us is that fucking CBA. You mean to tell me I can't train my athletes? I have to leave them to every personal terrorist around the country? So when they come, we're constantly correcting issues. And what's great, when I brought Anthony on board last year as an intern, the goal was to move him into my director of sports science because he had a background, he understood it. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, as a strength coach. But I understand when he tells me something, what needs to be done. My biggest assessment still can, still something Dan taught me. When my guys are warming up. If they're a bunch of chatty patties, I can't get them to shut up, we're ready to go. Yep, absolutely. If they're just laying there like this, with dead eyes, you gotta make an adjustment. Because what you have planned for today isn't gonna work. It's just gonna further spiral them down. So that's mine, but I, I get, affirmed by what he tells the season. And also, we've gone on, we've gone on four step. Now, I can 
And it's like everything we're doing and saying, this is why it's, it's working. Yeah. Or we need to back up. But this guy, it's a lot of, we went to see J.B. Moran and uh, Brett Contreras. Because, you know, in Arizona, you've got every performance guru in the world. Yeah, no question. And if you're selective and really know who's good, then you can, you can get a lot of information and knowledge. I think Brett's a great researcher, like you. I think uh, J.B. Moran was great. I sat there listening to JB and, and I know Anthony had a spirit for the force deck. Nothing I don't know. All I'm doing is now is I'm getting data and information to verify and support what we're doing and moving in directions with each different athlete where they need to go. Like JJ Nelson, I know he's fast. He's all bone. That's all he is. And until he commits to a program, instead of going home at the end of the season and not doing anything, who shows back up in April, you put us behind uh, the eight ball, which are running hard place. And then because you get two weeks, and then they're back on the field again. And then when you're done with mandatory minicamp, now they're gone for five weeks again. And the NFL now says, even if you have guys at your facility, you can only supervise them. They want to just do what they want to do. They, want, they don't have to follow your program. And you can't have two guys on the field running at the same time. So, what are you going to do? No wonder guys don't stay in the facility. The NFL, and my understanding, all the research, average careers, 3.2, let's just say four years, they need time off. You have plenty of fucking time off at 26 when your career is done. Because most of them don't see their second contract. So they need to change that or the NFL and their infamous wisdom is going to continue to have and spend millions of dollars on soft tissue injuries. Because you go from nothing, all of a sudden, rapid acute loading. We brought in Tim Gavin. We brought in people and we reached out. Now this is the first year we have all this data where me and Anthony sat down with BA and said, this is how we need to structure our practices during the fall camp. You know, we have an extra week this year because of the Hall of Fame game. And BA was very receptive to what Anthony had to say. Because now we have all this data. But now we can take action. Now again, it's a shitty practice. I know how I know how BA is. I've been around for years. It's a shitty practice. Fuck with this. Catapult shit. We're gonna do it right. But that's just coaching. So no, I think Dan has been a valuable asset to me. Everybody at Altus has been a valuable asset. I like when they just come over, we just sit in the office and just shoot the shit. Yeah. Like like this, that's where you're gonna learn most. One of my best ideas. One of my best Dan stories was, you know, when I was still working at Exos, him and Stu, they'd be coaching you know, their sprinters, but they'd be getting out of the weight room and they'd just sit there and they'd watch. They'd watch a session. And I didn't know them at all that night. And they'd just sit there with their arms crossed just watching. First time in my life. And you're like, what the fuck? Am I doing things right? <laughs> I'm overanalyzing everything. I'm like, just stay cool, do your thing. And then I just wanted to go over to Dan at that point in time and just be like, pleasure to meet you. Now I got to watch in this session. They didn't say anything to me for an entire week. Student or Dan. Didn't know them at all. And then finally they just go, come here. And they go, I've been watching you. Nice work. Let's talk a bit. I just had to go. I'd rather hear you guys talk. I have much to say, but I'm glad that you at least, because you could tell that moment they're either like, you're going to go talk to them, or they're just going to be like, no. And so then Dan goes later on, Dan, I told him, I go, hey, I'm trying to put some loose thoughts together and maybe write a book. And I hate writing, you know, but I'd love to have your take on it. And I thought maybe I'd just send it to Dan. Just email it and say, when you have time, by all means, I know you're busy. Dan comes to my house just comes to my house and spends three hours at my house just looking at it, discussing concepts or what have you. And you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that at all. And I'll never forget that. You know, my best feel-good story about Dan is I was watching work with a, a sprinter from, I think it was Iowa State. You know, Dan made me realize we don't do true speed. We do a-lactic power capacity. We don't do true speed. It's true speed work, think about how many 40s they run at the combine. Two, maybe three, that's it. After that, you're done. So he's working with an elite sprinter from, uh, I think it's from Iowa State, from Iowa. And the first, and they're running 60s. First three is like sub-maximum, he's just getting warmed up. Now he's going to do three balls for the way. And I'm just watching, I'm just trying to pick up. After the second one, you know, and he's talking to the guy, the sprinter, as he, as he finishes each one. And he's making corrections and, you know, giving some things. And after the second one, the sprinter looks at Dan and says, how long is Dan up to me? He says, ask him. I says, better than the first one. It was smooth, repeatable, and effortless. The kid looks back at Dan and Dan goes, 
That's that same thing. That was my best feel-good moment I've ever had here on dance. I want to go and pat myself on the back when my shoulders don't go back. <laughs> but I don't see how you can be in a position in Arizona and not leave not go to not go to Seattle. And they, they're so open. I mean, you that's, have people that's that, the thing. I, I had a friend visiting me, a strength coach with Anaheim Ducks, Mark Fitzgerald. He goes, do you think they'll let me join the poolside chat? I go, yeah. He's like, well, I don't want to be disrespectful. I go, they won't care. Please just come. We just sit there and chat. But here's what, you guys aren't old enough. No. Back in the late 80s, it was all the diet revolution. There was a bleach blonde, overweight, fat mother, divorced mother, who we fear of power. Bingo. Yeah. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, it was an infomercial. Yes. Like two in the morning. Stop yeah. the insanity. Yeah. That's my new book for this whole profession. Stop the fucking insanity. Stop the bullshit. Let's just look at this true training. Quit trying to sell me a fucking product. Quit trying to sell me a certification. Let's just fucking talk through training. Nobody wants to talk training anymore. Nobody wants to talk to, talk to uniqueness of each individual and what they bring. Everybody wants to act like they're above saying, I don't know. That's what yeah. we're saying. Yeah, everybody wants to be a guru on the I want to be the fuck guru. Because then the pressure's on. I got enough pressure in my job. Yeah. I want to be down at the bottom shouting out questions. You know, I've been researching. Last February, J.L. Holford calls me our. I'm not a rant, he's all excited. And I usually don't call people back. I'm not a fun guy. He'll tell you, I'm not very social. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I fucking hate people. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, George Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite comedian of all time. He was unbelievable. I grew up with him. But my goal is to win a lottery and go to the hospital, mow around a motherfucking thing so nobody can get near me. Build a gym in my back in a, in a, in a little house, just have people fly my food in. So I don't have to talk to anybody. Have you ever seen his special? It's all uh, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit or it's bad for you. It was the one he did right before he died. I never saw it. Oh, you have to. You can probably get the whole thing on Netflix or YouTube or whatever. But I mean, it's just him going off on everything. You can tell it's old George just going swinging down, right? And he's just like he goes. This whole country is just nothing more than a stroke fest. That's just he goes. The Statue of Liberty should be replaced with just people stroking themselves. You get stroked. The government strokes you. You stroke each other. We. And he just goes and he goes. It's all. Bullshit, folks, and it's all bad for you. <laughs> so, so, Dale calls me, so I call him back about reflective performance resets. So, I, before I do anything, I, do, I go to asking people I trust and know. So, I just let it sit for a while. I didn't do anything on it. Just went about my business. But in the back of my mind, you know, the brain, the unconscious thought theory process. Even though I didn't do anything, my brain was still thinking about it. So I called Derek Hansen, I called Stu McMillan, Stuart gets me in touch with Jason Ross, the PT, I talked to Jason Ross, uh, I talked to Milo, uh, I just started talking to people who I trust and know. So in the back of my eye, there's one motherfucker I still got to talk to, and it was him. But I didn't reach out to him, because I wanted to get all these other inputs, and you know, you can't find anybody who's going to say yes or no. Well, we thought about this, you know. And I, and I talked to James Smith, and James Smith is one of the most intelligent people I've ever been around in my entire life. And for four years at Pitt, he would continually amaze you. But to think about James's background, it's classical, classical music. Think about their thought process. You think I'm antisocial? Fuck that thought work socially? He's just bad. So I, 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 talk, I reached out to James, but I knew when we were coming out, I told Anthony, I said, you know, I'm still on the fence about this thing. And I'm not going to do anything until I talk to Kev. And I, I met, we played in Buffalo, I had Dan Fitz to come over from Wanna Get Fat. Best city in the country, yeah. baby. Best what? Best city in the country right there, Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Don't get me on a rant. In front of all these people in Vegas, I have no idea who I am. Fucking shit, <laughs> That's hard, man. Worth it. There's, not, there's nothing in that city. Anyway, I didn't become convinced of it. They just got away. We spent about an hour yesterday. Yeah. I was just saying, when did you guys finally connect? How long ago? Yesterday. Oh, yesterday. 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 Yeah. And I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I'll always, if I'm going to bring one person out, I'm going to bring Cal. I've known Cal for ages. You know, I know Milo and James are very friends. 
his thought process, I, I kind of want to think it's kind of like mine. So, after speaking to him yesterday, having to do some stuff on Anthony, because Anthony, at my age, I'm no longer anything. I use Anthony. Then I became Phil today. Yeah, this is worth. <laughs> this is worth me bringing him out. I'm bringing you. I'm going to Two days. I'm coming along. We'll pay you. Just want you to sit. And I want it to be just an intensive opportunity. But like anything, for me, Brett, I don't know how you feel. It's just a tool. What's a tool in the tool? Does everybody need it? Some people respond better than others. Maybe I'm you train people. Some people respond. That's one thing I learned again from Dan and from Charlie. Athletes have different levels of arousal. Like different. So when we were. We went to Rob Panarello's speech yesterday, and I thought it was great. But when you show me a late college weightlifter, the testing is the highest sympathetic environment you could possibly put them in. And then you're going to train them off of those loads that they achieved on that day? Are you going to mimic that environment every day? Honeymoon syndrome right there. <laughs> they, they fucking theme day. You want to have a theme day, you better be able to reproduce that for them to train in every time I come in to train. Because that those those loads are achieved that day are misleading. Yeah. They're not going to be able to train. You're going to can't train. You got to drop ten percent. Yeah, at least, at least, at least. At least if you're, you're going to bring smoke in and music and people are getting dressed up, and it's the WWE. Basically, it's WWE. That's what it is. The only person that hasn't shown up is Vince McMahon. This is WWE. I get that. I get. It. I get all that. But what you're not getting is you got to be able to produce that environment all the time. But you can't train consistently. I tried. It burns out. I just told Ryan without drugs. Not even with drugs. If drugs make it worse. You cannot. You can only train intensely for so long. But you can train consistently. Consistently. That's the value that I learned from James Smith. And that's what some maximum loves. You don't have to always go. I'd love to do some of the stuff he does at Supermax. I don't have the time to prepare my guys. For that. I just spend more time correcting issues. You, you'd appreciate this. We had a guy that he was a big off. Get this song on. Get this like, man, just lift weights. Go get this song on. So he wouldn't shut up. So I go over there and I load up Spotify and I put Dean Martin in that kick on the head. There you go. There you go. That's what you're getting under the bar at. He goes, watch this. I go, you think you're really going to hear what you want from opposing crowds? Shut up and squat. So Dean Martin, sure enough, he gets right under the ground. You got to kick on the head on Louis in 1997 uh, changed my life. Somehow, you know, Louis doesn't leave Columbus. Somehow we convince him to come to Pitt. And for, I got uh, four to six hours, he ripped me into mass. He really did. And I'll never forget Dave Tate leaving, leaving that day. Louis walked out. I'm fucking, I'm going, I just want to kill myself. Dave goes, don't worry, he likes it. <laughs> Like really? So two weeks later, I think Milo and I drove to Columbus. But and I've made my mistakes using West Side because I try to go all West Side. You can't do that. Because you go to West Side, those guys are beat up. So what people I don't think people understand about West Side is only 10% of the total volume in a month is max effort. The other is all submaxing supportive exercise, high repetition. So. I just decided at the time, we're still going to use special exercises for certain positions to require more maximal strength, like my linemen. There's no reason for my skill guys to do max effort or even do max effort exercises. So we'll use them, but it's sub-maximal percent. And then we just beat the shit out of our assistance exercises. Players feel better. They still get stronger. They still get faster. They get more stacked. They're not beat. There's eustress and distress. If your idea, Bob Short, no, who was it we saw yesterday? So the guy I have that garbage case. We saw somebody else speak yesterday. But some people still judge your workout by did I bomb? Yeah. The guy from Rutgers. The guy yeah, that's it. Yeah. I thought that guy was great. His performance. I thought what he had to say was tremendous. Because um, I think he's got pretty much figured out what they're doing. Oh, he proved it. And then no ACL injuries for three years. 
Does everybody have a sugar? Look how many when you try and people for the draft. Look at the different variations of backgrounds you get. If you get long-term development, at least somewhere like he's been, then you're going to see long-term, tremendous results over the long term. Well, so that's why I always could appreciate what you would talk about, because if Nick and Dennis would have handled the combine, I would handle the vets. And like you said, when these guys would come, you know, because of the CBA and what have you, everybody has these, all these interns who have these grandiose ideas of, let me see your program, are you doing this, you're doing that? I'm like, no, it's pretty fundamental. I'd show them it. And they're like, well, this is pretty vanilla, aren't these guys in the NFL? I go, here's the biggest secret you'll never be told. Our job in the private sector is to be the assistant coaches and just help not F these guys up for the team folks. Like, I'm not going to revolutionize somebody that's come from a program that they didn't teach fundamental technique. My job is just to hopefully send them to you a little bit more shit. That's what's shocking. Because, you know, we get, you get, I get, yeah. he gets, people from all over. We do have a handful of places across the We do, yeah. Our guys do come back. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like, if I know they go to you, I'm fine. Yeah. If I know they go to uh, Pete Bomberito, I'm fine. Uh, Ryan Flaherty, I'm fine. Some of these other places, I'm like, what's oh, It's scary. What the fuck is that? Well, and we get looped in with them. You know, that's what everybody, that's why, like, you have this divide. I've always just said, like, one thing that I feel like keeps our profession down a little bit is you have this divide between team and private, and there's slappings on both sides. Yeah. No, you know? no question. You know, and it's tough because then you're sitting there and you're like, ugh. You know, how do you, you just got to stay consistent with something and not try to revolutionize it. And people forget you can get guys better by just continuing to hammer strong fundamentals. Just some basic shit. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing cutting edge on to it, what everybody wants. Because what we do being simple doesn't sell. Sex is sell. Yeah, without question. Everybody's trying to, with all due respect, the oh, fuck it, I don't care. There's too many people out there trying to make a buck. Yeah. Off of people who are sponsored. I tell my guys all the time, listen, the first time you walk into somebody's facility, you're going to be on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and what's the other one? Snapchat. Because social media is ruining this America, ruining the world. Great for Zucker, he's a millionaire, making more money out of me be in my life. And a motherfucker fucked everybody up. Because now you have people living delusional, dysfunctional life. It's a fun fucking thing right now. <laughs> 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 Do not agree, Cal. So, they don't have a vested interest. Their only vested interest is your revenue and your advertisement. I have a vested interest. This is what I'm paid to do. provide for you. So we have five different quarterbacks this year. I'm trying five different programs. And what amazes me is kids come out of college with too much emphasis and just load on the bar. Just put more weight on the bar. Put more weight. Don't care if it looks like shit. Just put more weight on the bar. You know, just talking to Cal yesterday, I'm like, oh, I gotta get rid of that. I can't fucking do that no more, because that's not right. You know, so I, now I gotta start chopping away and eliminating things like being able to wear certain exercises, the body just does not like. Yeah. It just puts it into stress. I'd be interested to see if you agree with this. Like, it's almost sad that, you know, younger strength coaches don't understand how valuable being a good high school strength coach could be for them. You know, that's where a lot of the problem is now, you know, because then they come into the university are already jacked up, then they get to you, they're even more jacked up, yeah. then they perpetuate the, I like the personal training, uh, terrorist. and it just perpetuates, but it's not, if a kid just coming out of an internship, they don't get, you know what, all the high school set, because they just don't think that gives enough credibility to their name, it's like, you understand the value of word of mouth, if people just say you're a good coach, that's better than any other kind of, I told him yesterday, uh, Chris Corpus, uh, I wrote a high school football manual with him. He found seven running balls that Hank Krajanoff, Hank Krajanoff, said he, he'd never seen before because those people would run too slow and he wouldn't coach. He wouldn't get them. You know what I mean? And these were just three ankle rocker exercises that fixed seven running balls that we had on, that Chris had on film. You know, it's like, there's some value to coaching bad people sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and you, you'd be surprised. When we look, I want to see people when they stand on the ground and their bare feet with the ankles. I've never seen so many neo-maliotes as much as the ground anymore. And nobody corrects them. It's correctable. It's got to be shoes. Oh, well, shoes are horrible now. Yeah, it's got to be shoes. Right? The shoes are horrible. The billions of dollars we spent on shoes, we have the most fucked up feet in the world. You know, because we don't... Remember, 
we went to Chicago. Yeah. With Master Illinois. Yeah. Remember that? 2001 or 2002. Remember Barefoot Technology? Yep. Remember that? Yep. yep. You might laugh at this, but somebody along the same line, somebody asked, they go, you know, everybody always loves to go, what do you do for assessment? What do you do for this? What do you do for that? I go, first thing I look at is when somebody comes in, I go, those are shoes you plan on wearing when you're training. You know, because it's like some kind of Nike bubble air three tier yeah. thing with an air conditioning system. And then he's like, why are you asking him that? I go, because that changes everything. It changes everything. Because those are the shoes that you're wearing during training. There ain't much we can do with it. Well, think about it. There's, 2000, there's 206 bones in the body, 25 meters, like 40 bones of your feet. Foot makes contact with the ground. It's the first feedback loop to the ground. So if that's, if that, if that's dysfunctional, what do you think everything else is going to be? Where do you think knee pain comes from? It's either the hip, hip or, or the, the no foot because it, it lands on the ground. It's that simple. You just look at gymnastics, you look at shock moderating behavior. Yeah. 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 That tells you so much about what's going on. Say that one more time, bro. I was saying if you study gymnastics and you look at the different landing mechanics, like it's all shock moderating behavior. When minimalist footwear was huge, that's what they looked at versus shot and unshot. They said the number one thing it's doing, because people were trying to say, oh, it recreates your arches. No, it doesn't. What it does is it it, it, it helps them improve their shock moderating behavior, because when they're running like shit, when they're moving like shit, it's not cushioned, it's not comfortable. They feel it, so they adapt, right? And so that was the number one thing that it was doing. Um, but talk about making a buck. People were like, oh, in five years, every shoe will have separated toes, and this and that. It's like, there's value in those things, but you can't go on this. We're in love with spectrums and pendulums. They might have until they got sued so bad. Yeah, and gymnasts will land on different fitness pads when they start practicing for different things or they're competing or what have you. Watch the bend of the knee. Watch how they adjust their hip angle. It tells you a lot about every all of that stems from the foot. All of that stems from the foot. And then it's the ground. Yeah. But I'm going to correct some things. Yeah. And they're going to go on force body pads. 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 They're going to go and I was working with a couple military guys that were just, and they had every back surgery known to me. And I get people say you can always train the pattern, but for this guy, it would not have been advantageous for him. He had been blown up seven weeks from Sunday. So, so I just reached out to the gentleman that posted it, and I said, hey, thanks for sharing the article. Thank you. And I said, but it would be interesting for them to compare true squatting alternatives to see kind of what the next best thing is, whether it was a lunge or the trap bar variation or what have you. And this guy reached back to me and he goes, I don't think you understand the point of research. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, the point of research is to keep asking the same questions to find out if we're wrong. And we're not trying to figure out X, Y, and Z. We're trying to validate our findings so that we can continue to ask the question over time and see how we can get better. And I go, brother, all I'm saying is some athletes are so broken that we need to see some things. First of all, there's research and then there's reality. There's theory and there's reality. Well, and you know what he says? There's the reality. He goes, well, since you're the one training all the elites, perhaps you could illuminate us and do the research yourself. And I was like, great educated discussion right there. Now you know why I don't do social media. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, I'm like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Dude, we're doing it right now. But I'll tell you this, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're doing it right now. You're okay, I'm a lot Thinking back on a guy that Cal mentioned earlier, Chris had an article, or has been known to say quite a few times, you don't need to squat, period. And as a matter of fact, squatting is bad for athletes. People think that if they squat, they power clean, the stronger they get in both, the faster they run. That's bullshit. They just need to get strong, not in the squat. If you do that, yeah. anything, but here's what people forget, you're talking about getting strong. Five times muscular, I mean, five times strong reaction force, seven times muscular skeletal force, every time you sprint. Who actually sprints? There he is. Who actually does true acceleration? Not many, many people, because they're afraid of it. Because they all get hamstring. No. First of all, Charlie told me a long time ago, people get hamstrings, number one reason is poor programming. Everything else is a distant second. There's intrinsic and extra extrinsic factors. Control what you cannot control to minimize what you can't control. So Anthony and I are constantly educating our guy because we can't control what's going to happen the first time he's a key. Nobody can. So how do we minimize that? And then that goes back to, I don't know what they did the last five years. Some prepared, 
some did not. I, I trust the guys, I know who I can trust. I know who I cannot trust. So now, it becomes, okay, how can I do the best job I can and to keep these guys healthy? I don't squat during the fall camp in my school guys. Hamstrings and boots are getting hammered from intensive acceleration and deceleration on the field. And it hasn't really helped it. This glute fanaticism hasn't really helped much. No, but think about this. First it was a transverse abdominal, then it was a multifidus, then it's a so. Every fucking muscle is going to go to, we got to correct. Now it's deep spine extension. Because there's something wrong with this. What's that? My erection's crooked? We're not that smart. You know what I mean? Like, people think that global, like, this. Saying something's a global issue means that you haven't looked into it. But sometimes you get so mechanistic and you can get so detailed that you miss the bigger view. Our job is always going to be the bigger view because people are the ultimate variable and the things that we have to succumb to. People are the ultimate variable. They're the ultimate performance variable. There's no magic left. No, no. The big thing about squats for me, it just caused stress and a hormonal response. Like, why do we train to get sprinters? They get a hormonal response. Marathon runners don't. But look at the difference, right? That, that's like, uh, I don't know what the deal with kettlebell swings are because there's no hormonal response in those things. That's why I like squats over kettlebell swings because I'm going to cause an adaptation. And when I went to super maximal loading, I got a greater hormonal response. The males reported, hey, I wake up in the morning and I got more hormones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was their alarm clock. What that supper for? I knew they were going to have a lot of waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, load it up for yourself. So, but, but I mean, that's what. So, you can get a hormonal response out. You can do quarter squats with heavy loads. You can do a, a single leg ISO deadlift in a good position that's never going to hurt your back. As long as you get some hormonal response. That's the, that's our goal with training. Muscle doesn't have a brain. All the muscles recognize is movement or force or load. That's it. Yeah. That's why I'm against all these screens. When I see if somebody drops, I just watch them walk. Yeah. And like you said, take the shoes off. Let me see the walk. People are fairly taking their time. There's a considerable amount of variation finding human movement. Not all the same anatomically and anthropometrically. The person you move like, the people you see first. What's your family go to the mall? They'll walk this They'll walk this Because the first, as a child, you mimic. The first person you mimic the people you see the most. Your parents. So, my mother, I walk exactly like my mother. I walk. I'll be the first to admit that. You know what? I'm at 10, 400 meters. Yeah. You want to correct that? I wasn't going to learn any faster. No matter what you did. That was my limit. That people forget the concern, and then when they do these screens, they're unloaded. All right, looks great. I'll put a barbell on his back. Get in front of him. Right. Oh, 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 yeah. Change the load. Change the position. Yeah. Go from a kettlebell to a barbell to a safety belt bar to a regular barbell to a barbell. Now watch the deficiencies. If you mechanically stress the body, things are going to change. So you can't tell me you can predict injury. The predictor of injury is previous injury. Systematically, physiologically, biomechanically, environmentally, those are factors. They're just different. If you pull hamstring, I pull hamstring, different reasons. Yeah. The thing that gets disappointing, though, is like you make a good point. You talk about you know, just watch them walk, watch them do this. The sad thing is, is somehow we've cultivated this thing in our field right now that if you said that in a presentation, there's somebody thinking like, well, how are you measuring what you're doing? Your visual acuity isn't that good. Well, listen, people, do you remember that impact influence lecture I talked about? Within 30 seconds of seeing certain colors and graphics and words, you have increased, yeah, you have increased uh, activation in the amygdala. Humans are pretty good at seeing things and understanding something, whether it's pattern recognition. Of course, there's error, too, when they see something threatening. We know when to get our ass in gear and get out of some ways. But Two-thirds of your brain is visual, visual image. Right. Who knows what she looks like? Yeah. I know what she looks like. Who knows what she looks like? It doesn't look like that. Yeah. Now, like Charlie once told me, is it a peculiarity or is it really a dysfunction? Yeah. Which is, I try to correct something that's just a peculiar. Michael Johnson ran almost any of that and set a world record of 400 meters. Who's to say he's not right? And everybody else is wrong. Yeah. Let's mimic his pattern for the, excuse me, go your Let's mimic his running pattern for the 400 meters. 
because obviously it was perfect. Yeah. Nobody achieves the optimal model. There's the optimal model, yes, yeah, it exists. Like Dan always told me, there's bands on all the time. I used to think that my father was a stockbroker growing up. I used to think we were so far away from what we did. I was a black kid in the family. I don't make any money compared to my kid or what have you. But I always earn my own way and I love what we do. And I realized the older I got, that though our profession and what he does is so closely correlated because he goes, you know what, Brett? When you look at companies, buy, sell, trade, and whatever, it's never about an occurrence. Half of my job is holding hands because the company will shit the bed and people want to lose their mind and take all their money out. He goes, you have to learn how to observe trends. And he goes, you have to look at things globally from the outside in because if most people would just keep their money in one thing, over time, they do fine. But everybody's trying to invest in the hot stock, the hot tip, and they lose it. And then they say, well, it's investing, it's a stock market, it's risk. It's the same thing. People can't just let things lie and say, I'm seeing one thing, I may not know for sure. I've got a little bit of time, let's see where this goes. And let's adapt. It's diversification and investing. All you have to do is diversify an approach. Right, you know, right now, you know what we're doing at this table? We're setting status quo. People don't like that. People don't like to be upset. People don't like to think. People want all the answers given to them. People want to be told what to do. We're upsetting status quo. Don't upset status quo because fucking people can't. That's not what the book says. But this is reality. But nobody likes to have that status quo. Just like I spoke about Elite Fitness. I don't know how you guys do it. Me periodization of the world. So the fuck it is. So that is. My whole life isn't based on that. Because they tell you failing to plan is planning to fail. But what they don't tell you is nothing does according to fucking plan. <laughs> the greatest generals in the world on D-Day, I'm sure they sat around with puffed up chests and said, weather's great, all the landing drops are perfect, we overtook the Germans, two hours done. Just the listening of change, sort of like, oh, this is new, may increase a little bit of the arousal and bring them back around. But again, it all depends on how they respond during that sudden change, right? Or if they're still in that sudden change, and look at you like, you know, that blank expression, you know, well, that didn't work. <laughs> well, let's, just, let's just scrap everything we're going to do for the day, let's just do this. Right? If they're running or jumping, and I don't see something I like, I just do this. It's done. Shut it down. Just because it's on paper doesn't mean it needs to be done. We'll make it up somewhere else or some other time. Give them what they need, not what they want. And this is what we're seeing. That's, that they're done. I don't like the organization. I like linking things together that'll improve the right, right. It's just a process. It's a process. That's all it is. Yeah. People make their lives Periodization. Like you said, it upsets anything that takes somebody's belief or a construct and alters it a little bit. It makes them really uncomfortable. It makes them insecure and agitated. Because it screws up this model and this element. People crave control. They crave control and they crave validation. And anything that can affect one of those two things will really upset them. Well, I mean, I think that typical model is backwards to some level. Because we all peak with heavy loads. You have to do it. But in sports, it's got to be reversed. No. You know what I mean? I, 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 
like when you train tissue, so if you have the muscle, like powerlifters, they train muscle because they look at heavy, slow weights. They don't train the tendons. This is why they blow quad tendons, tear bicep tendons, because they haven't trained the tendons. To train the tendons, you gotta train high speeds, lower loads, or not low loads necessarily, but in instantaneous impact loads. So this is why plyos need to be done after the heavy weights in sports, because so, so the, the tissue is a two-spring system. You have the muscle and the uh, tendon. And if one of these springs become too heavy, it beats the other one to death. So when somebody, when you get a personal terrorist who only trains plyometrics and speed, this is why that guy comes into camp and blows the hamstring, because he hasn't trained the muscle with some heavier loads. Does that make sense? Yep. Because those two processes work together, and, and it's just like, and, I mean, so many people just say, oh, I, I focus on speed, my social media is all we do is train speed. Well, this guy's gonna pull a muscle later. It's end of story. It's about balance. Of course, you have the right stiffness qualities of each component. Because all along the course you lost it, you have to can't just focus on one thing. Here, Pine, look at that, that's a different story. That's what you can't require. This isn't my sport. My best athletes are not my strongest athletes. You've got a new point on that one. Yeah. My best athletes are those that master the skill of the sporting activity. Strength is one component. But to me, it's all about understanding biodynamics, biomotorability, bioenergetics, and biochemistry. And behavior. Behavior has a lot to do with it. So it becomes now uh, psychosocial physiological. That new world that everybody's heard. Because there's so many other factors that are on this wheel that goes around in, in developing our athletes, preparing our athletes. You just focus on one. Nine times out of ten, my guys aren't making progress. Shitty sleep, shitty nutrition, stress in their social life, or emotional stress in the marriage or a breakup or something. Which we try to account for, but we really. There's so many other variables that you have to look at. It's just not all about coming in and getting under a heavy load. When you can make that great athlete that's not strong because he's got the right tissue qualities, you make him super strong, it, it messes the quality well, of yeah. So now you got a problem. Different engine. On those lines, Cal, I had, uh, so yeah, I got 16 years worth of data on football. I went back and I looked at whenever the guys came in, and if there were three standard deviations above the mean from Pop Watts per KG, and it's just from the series of weight converted it down. The stronger they got, the slower they ran, the lower they jumped. They derived force from a different mechanism. So, you know, it's, uh, you know there's two things going on from what I'm listening to, and the wheels turning in my head. One is, uh, we gotta realize that with the research, it goes off of means. Right? It goes off of averages. You know what the uh, statistician said about, uh, you know, he had his head in the oven, his feet in the freezer, and he said on average, I feel pretty good. <laughs> you know? So, perceptual and physiological readiness. Yeah. And so, you know, we've got to make sure that we've got to look things in individual variations. So, like, uh, there was a paper, you know, there was some paper saying about RPE, right? That RPE didn't work. And then, uh, the Rain of Torres Ronda came out with, uh, uh, a paper was saying that no, you're, everybody, you're just messing up. You've got to look at them as an individual. You can't group the entire group, the entire team. They're questioning for their RPEs. You know, it's each individual variation. And then the other thing on the why is everybody always picking up to a heavy load? What area do 99% of strength coaches come from? Oh, weightlifting and powerlifting. Yeah. So our context is skewed. We look at it and think, oh, what's, what's best for me? Body. I said nine tenths. Now we gotta have some crazy with me at that. He's, he's yeah. calling you the one percenter. Yeah. Is what he's doing, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. The tattoos and everything. Yeah. You know, sleeveless shirt, driving a Harley. Uh, yeah, yeah I think the 1% might be asking. Stop doing that. So, oh, stop doing it? Yeah. I still have my Harley. Let him drive. Let him drive. Yeah. But our context is just weird. That's it. You saw Tim Gavin even said the subjective questionnaires are more valuable and more valid than all this data collection and all this information. Yeah. And it's something we knew all along, right? If you're talking, communicating, if you're engaged with the program, if you're part of the program, you don't need a $300 piece of equipment to figure out, hey, Brian's ready to go today, we can get after the schedule practice. I would love to see what Charlie has to say. 
I really am. But I know when I go to office, there's no catapulting. There's no technology. There's no tracking. It's just good. And guys, to your point exactly, I watched when we were sitting on one of their poolside chats, somebody had traveled a long way to, you know, come to offices of apprenticeship. They asked me, you know, what you guys invested? And Dan said, you know, like we look at a lot of things. He goes, now here's more clear than that, right? He said, we look at the progress. He goes, in track and field, you're seeing the results. It's pretty, the role of the training coach in track and field is on the clear side of the clear fuzzy spectrum, right? So the guy looked at him, but he was so disappointed when Dan didn't say they have Optijump, when they didn't have this. The guy's face just, it slowly melted. Yeah. Because he was just hoping for one thing. And Dan was just like, it's just not that simple. You know, and, but it's really hard for people to swallow. I track my heart rate on my phone. I got a, a, an app, and I'm not going to say whose app it was. And on a red day, that don't train. I went and had one of the best workouts I ever had. Now, that being said, about a week later, on a green day, we're going to do a warm. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, this should be the original residual effect from the red day that I just went ahead with nuts on. Now display itself. Well, not a week later. There's seven systems too, so you're only looking at heart rate. Yeah, exactly. You know, that eight systems. You forget the immune system. Yep. You always forget the immune system. Yeah, I, I always say there's at least seven. That's what I always say. Because there's, there's even within those seven, there's things not accounted for. Exactly. You can't account for everything. He does probably the best job I've ever seen in HRV and Mega Wave reading and be able to predict injury, recovery, the flu, the flu adaptation, yeah. and illness. Yeah. So when I talk to Anthony, I saw him be able to look at load, recovery, injury, and illness. Those are things we want to be able to track and look at. I just tell him what I want, and then he does it. I'm not smart enough to do it. I'll be the first to tell you that. He is. So then he tells me, I says, all right, here's what my plan is. So if he tells me like on a force deck something's askew, which I'm not gonna everybody got asymmetries. I'm not gonna panic. Yeah, we, just, we don't just jump to a Yeah, we just said, oh shit. We look at more than one thing. Well, there's a difference of three percent you know, I don't panic. I'm like, alright. Everybody fucking has that. If it's a big number which he and I have identified, then I said, okay, uh, how do we need to address it? What does it what do we need to do? What you were saying about looking at the norm for that individual, not for them as a group, not for the team, but for them as an individual. We're looking, if you're not looking at them as a person and all the things that you're measuring, that's really what the end goal is. is just, just to see kind of like, I mean, actually it was at your conference a couple years ago, Jay, where the that trainer from Illinois talked Randy. about N equals one. Right. That's kind of like the whole goal with the N equals one, making sure that all the monitoring that we are doing, either in the, in, in, on our side, performance-wise, or on sports medicine side, we're sitting down at that table and coming up with a singular conclusion to whatever is going to fix that individual athlete. And like you said, some athletes, the questionnaires are great for it, not great for all of our athletes, because some of them just don't answer it properly. So we just kind of have to discredit that information for individuals. But uh, I think when you, when you start to really get a feel for each guy, you start to know what you're getting the best bang for your buck from, whether it be HRV, Fourth plate measurements, your practice loads, your RPEs, um, and then we've gotten great results with our different blood draws that we're doing throughout the year. We probably started with that. We have more history doing that than we do all the other things currently. So that was like the, the kind of selling home. We started incorporating modern systems, kind of leaning up the Rio. And I go, I go to Coach Bowman. I was like, "Oh, his HRV's down. He's, you know, he's, he only had two, you know, two really deep sleep cycles." And he finally got sick of it. And he was like, "You know what? I won a lot of effing gold medals before I need to know what his HRV is. You can take that to the weight room. I'll take care of everything else. Cool. Done with that. Right? Like you said. Well, I'm not gonna." Get caught up in this stuff. He's got a coach's eye. He's, he kind of knows what he's doing, right? Uh, you know, one of the things Fergus uh, Conley kept saying is that it's the teams that are always losing that are going for the technology because they're trying to find the uh, the winning edge. But if you're Here's trying the to get things to draft better athletes, yeah, yeah. 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 recruit quarterback, I'm going to shoot you off. You can't get a guy at field general, get the ball downfield. You're fucked. Just watch that, you guys. You gotta go, buddy. The NFL Network just replayed your guys' uh, TV episode, right? Carson goes down. 
Right? But we had a great backup in Bruce Stanton. Yeah. So, yeah, it changes our way by just buying everything to buy. People, there's people out there just to buy things. Just to say, we got that. We got that. What are you doing? We got it. Yeah. But what are you doing? We got it. That's funny because on the other end of the spectrum, on our side, but we don't have the budget, people are like, they want to make it seem like you're not in the cool kids club. But it's like, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> nobody did any good training before any of this stuff came around. Or they act like you're, you're resistant to it. It's like, I'm not resistant to it. I can't pay. Somebody got on me about the 1080 sprint the other day because they saw me doing hard, some hardest bounding work, sprinting, what have you, with a group of guys. And they go, you know, the 1080 sprint's a better tool for that. I go, I'm not a 20000 You got $20,000 to buy it? Yeah, I go, I'm not a 20000 bucks, but I don't have that. Here's my fun contributor. Guys, on that note, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I have to bounce. But all your, I, I took care of the tab. I was told to always respect oh, your elders. Oh, thank you for your time. Thank you. That's probably a good spot to cut it, guys. Thank you very much. This is absolutely awesome. Appreciate you guys doing this for us. Thank you. And a huge thanks to Anthony, Buddy, Dr. Mann, Keenan, Cal, and Brett for sitting down, having lunch, rapping, being open, honest, candid, and, and just sharing and really allowing me to record it. Absolutely fantastic stuff, guys. I, I really do hope you, you took something from it and enjoyed the conversation. And just like with all of our stuff, guys, if you enjoyed it, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Smash that like button on YouTube. Leave a review, if you could, on iTunes and Podomatic. And if you do enjoy them, please share them. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Again, guys, we're just trying to get the best information out there possible to all the coaches out there. And as always, guys, thank you so much for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.